Hi, Suzanne, and so sorry I'm running late. No problem. My, uh, my son decided he didn't want to eat his dinner, and I said, that's okay, you can go to bed then, and he said, okay. And then so began the battle of the wheels. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those days fondly. <laughs> and so I, and I thought, well, this is going to go one of two ways. And it went the way I wasn't expecting. And he lay down and actually went to sleep. So he won that one. And dinner is still sitting on the uh, table. So it's a little bit of a um, summation of my life in lockdown um at the moment really oh no i i can understand i have friends battling with toddlers right now my <laughs> my daughter is 20 years old so i don't have that in my life anymore well i'm envious of you for that at least how is everything <laughs> going over there um yesterday we so far, so good, I think. Yesterday we had a an address by the president. Okay. Because our lockdown phase that we are in now should be ending next week on the 30th of April. Okay. Um, but in the time, infections have increased. And so we're looking at um, a risk-based approach to stages of lockdown. Um, it's all very, it's all still very blurry in my mind from what I understand right now is that we will have, um, we will have sort of stages of how we do things and to get the economy going. So there are levels from five to one, five being the most serious. And the one that we are in right now, which limits, restricts movement, um, restricts economic activity in the formal business sector. Mm -hmm. And biggest impact has been on unemployment and, mm. you know, businesses closing and things like that. So mm. there's an imperative to restart the economy. Mm. And obviously... This morning I was listening to all the business analysts and, you know, economic people. For the first time I listened to the morning news today. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, oh, because usually the morning news is, not, is pretty grim. Yeah. Um, so I don't listen to it until I'm in the middle of my day. Yeah. Um, but today I decided, let me listen. And I think people, people in general concerned about the economic impact mm -hmm. but also looking at it from a point of view that um, the president has shown great leadership during this time he is consulting with people he is not making decisions lightly and he's certainly been a lot more transparent i mean i think since since lockdown he has appeared on tv addressing the nation about six times wow so He's taking us along at the certain citizenry when I say us. He's <laughs> taking us along on the on the on the journey. And I think that is commendable because you know, you hear it straight from the head of the executive. Yeah. 
not from some of these ministers. Yeah. And I, me particularly, I appreciate that he says, we're not sure about this. We don't, you know, he actually, with, and I think nobody can ask for anything more than that because we all know this is unknown territory for all of us. Yeah. yeah. And um, when we, when we spoke last time, you would, you would, literally i think going into lockdown that day or it had been the day before um yes so we always have our conversations with important milestones <laughs> well, that's great for me it's good timing um do you think that most people kind of adhered to that was there a lot of um reports of people kind of flouting the rules or did people generally um take it seriously because i know in australia in the beginning um people did not take it seriously and it wasn't until people started to be fined and or warned and beaches were closed and things that that people started to take it seriously so how have south africans in general kind of responded to this lockdown i think we have we have a less equal society than australia mm. um so it's been particularly hard on the poorer sectors of society mm -hmm. um, even though they of welfare packages that were announced and implemented i think a lot of people um, were worried about food security and we have seen a couple of riots really and looting of stores <gasps> but i'm not thinking it's criminal at this stage i think it's more desperate Definitely. Obviously, they are they are criminal elements, right? You know, because they are. There's the other end of it where you have vandalism of schools and things like that. So that's definitely um, criminal. Mm. But when when I look at the kind of food riots and those things, um, you know, it just makes one think about how can I do something here. We have a solidarity fund, which we can contribute to for um, the less fortunate in society. So that's, that's good. Mm. Um, I've had a few people reach out to me and ask for if I could assist with um, purchasing food and things like that. Yeah. So I think it has made us also um, more humane. Wow. You know, yeah, um, a little bit more aware of people's circumstances. Well, I, I'm, I can only talk from my experience, um, but people reaching out shows you that they, they, they don't have that pride anymore. South Africans were always stiff upper lip kind of um, society. So I think what is good is that people are not so afraid to show their vulnerability. And, and it also has led to some, some pretty awesome uh, results. That's really interesting because while this is a global situation and almost every country is being directly affected by it, every country is on their own and every country has ended up in a situation where they need to take care of their own 
in a way that probably has never really been seen before. So borders are closed and it's almost like everyone has to kind of look internally at their own country and their own government and their own situation and deal with it internally. And that's really interesting um, kind of situation, I think, when you're dealing with something that kind of connects us all, but in a way we're disconnected. It's really... Yeah, I understand that. I was, um, you know, I was thinking about it yesterday because um, the lawyer brain in me was working. (laughs) And I was thinking more along the lines that while each state is, like you said, each state is interconnected and each country is interconnected, and, you know, we're depending on each other for imports and all those things and obviously all these world treaties and things like that but if you look at it um i think one of the things that government governments across the world are going to be assessing is how dependent on the parties that they used to be dependent on can they be now do you know what i mean definitely definitely. Uh, it's going to reevaluate all of those relationships and should we not, um, I don't think it will be entirely go it alone, but I do think countries are realizing that they're actually a lot more sustainable um, than they thought. Yes, or, or not. Um, yes. and, and exactly, should we be trying to, because obviously if, if tourism, international tourism and um, immigration is stalled for a significant period of time, particularly in countries where that is kind of relied upon. Um, a lot of Australians would argue that we should stop anyone from coming here, but realistically, the smaller our population is, the worse off we are. And mm. if our population is not growing at the rate it was, um, certain parts of the economy will suffer and we also rely very heavily on tourism um and then we have you know a lot of exports to places like china and now we're getting into trouble with china for kind of supporting america on (laughs) sort of (laughs) blame game issues going on so it that is also very interesting I wonder if if some governments will start to think, do we need to, you know, spend a little bit more time making sure that our domestic economy is stronger so that it, when these kinds of things arise, and it doesn't have to be a pandemic, but, you know, surely, surely having some kind of, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like your own finances. Like if you're relying on one stream of income, for everything and, and that dries up, then you're in, you know, up the proverbial creek. Surely um, it would make sense to, and I'm no economist, but, you know, Australia, it, it's it's going to be interesting. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm not an economist either, but just common sense, you mm. know. Mm if you look at things and you're thinking um, 
why didn't we do this before yes yes but it's that age-old sort of thing isn't it it's 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 that kind of attitude if it ain't broke don't fix it Um, and so when things are ticking along okay nothing tends to change and um, sometimes unfortunately you know something usually not this drastic but usually something needs there needs to be a catalyst if for change to happen or some kind of necessity um but i hope it's i hope that is the case i personally um last weekend over the easter weekend we bought the paper you you, you talked about you know listening to the morning news for the first time for a while i i generally don't buy the newspaper but i bought it last weekend because i wanted to do there's like a trivia quiz in the weekend yeah. paper <laughs> i wanted to do it with my husband and then he found an article about how this may affect the australian economy long term and mm-hmm. he read half of it to me before i had to say i need you to stop <laughs> Yes. They stopped telling me this stuff. And it took me until the middle of this week to kind of recover. I I I have not been particularly worried um about coronavirus, COVID nineteen, not from a health perspective. I didn't feel like my family was in any real danger. I felt like Australia was managing things quite well but when he started and it was an economist who wrote the article when he started reading that out to me I really it really affected me and I really got worried and I I got quite despondent for over a week um just trying to think of how I don't know how to manage it my ourselves personally not that we've suffered so far but it was worrying and, and I've had to kind of um, just put it to the back burner and try not to think about it because, A, nobody knows really what's going to happen and, B, it's one of those things It's like, you know, worrying about something's like sitting in a rocking chair. It gives you something to do but there's, it doesn't get you anywhere. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> but I was really surprised at how much it affected me, just that, um, I guess... Mm fear of, of the unknown well i think we don't realize um certainly my realization has been that we don't actually realize how much it has increased our levels of anxiety and our levels of sort of stress mm. because we not you know we're not we're busy all yeah. the time yeah and i mean i'm sure with toddlers you must be very busy all the time so you really don't have time to stop and think about it i think i did that for the first time yesterday i took a bit of reflection because i i needed to know what lies ahead so that i can plan yes um and not that any plan would be cast in stone because like you say we don't really know what's going to happen but what I do take comfort from is that the the world has gone through many crises before Mm. and um, there have been trends and lessons out of them Mm. 
So while we might not have gone through COVID-19 before, you know, it's similar to certain things that have happened and how did societies respond? I mean, one thing we do know with certainty is that the future is uncertain. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But I think also, you know, just in terms of how do I position, because I work for myself and I'm thinking, how do I position myself now? Mm -hmm. Um, Am I still relevant, you know? Yes. And those kind of things. And when you listen, yes, it is extremely anxiety inducing when you listen to the economists and the finance people and if you open the paper every day and you say wall street crashed yet again yes. <laughs> and then you're like oh, what hope if wall street if wall street is going up the creek what hope have we got exactly exactly that's exactly right and i'm the sort of person who who I'm not good if there's no plan. Like if I'm, when I'm working in an organization, if the manager or the, you know, the higher ups don't seem to have a very good plan, I can't cope. And so this is like that, but on a, on a massive scale. And I'm like, I need to know the plan. What's the plan? And, and, and it's difficult, obviously really difficult to plan in a situation like this. And so, yeah. And, And then, so last weekend and I was like, okay, well, we need to make a plan. And then I was like, I can't make a plan because how do we plan for something that we don't know? <laughs> it's like exactly. ridiculous. Well, and I'm not, you know, but I, I've just. I was sort of, yeah. So I was sort of coaching myself mm. and saying, well, you're an expert at managing change. You, well, you're supposed to be. So, you know, <laughs> get going. Yeah. And I was like, okay, but the plan has is not cast in stone and I'm like you I need you know I well, I plan the stuff and then I work the plan and that's how exactly yeah it's okay if, if the plan has to change on the way but there has to be a plan when there's no, no plan so, I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not <laughs> I'm not well <laughs> well so what I've done is just to give myself that structure is sort of you know start listening try and pick up some things and how they affect me yeah. and my business yeah. and then you know I um, I sort of plotted it out but I'm doing it week by week I think that's um, a good idea I was about to say it's a good yeah. plan <laughs> it is I broke, I broke <laughs> it down week by week because yeah. I thought I can't plan for 12 um, months yeah. yeah you know things change overnight yeah um and sometimes in a shorter space of time than that so what can you manage during this time you know so that's really really good advice actually it's a really good idea week by week is yeah yeah because i I couldn't do day by day i thought that was too short term for me (laughs) (laughs) but i need to i needed to have a plan do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I sort of do that and I think it's made me um, more aware of how I use my time yeah. and, you know, what is productive time and what isn't. Yeah. Um, and also cutting myself some slack when I, 
I'm not as productive as I thought I would be. Yes, that's another big thing. And um, I messaged my sister the other day and said, I'm getting nothing done. And she said, well, you <laughs> what do you expect? Your kids are at home. I, I didn't even tell you we got a puppy. Like, um, oh. <laughs> like a week and a half ago. <laughs> so so she, she's like, can you just give yourself a break? Like, it's impossible to get anything done at the best of times when you've got, you know, two small children and your husband working from home and a puppy and two cats. And it's like, I know, but I still feel like I should be doing something else. And that's not helpful at all. Like, it's not. And no, I think that's the, that's the pressure women put on themselves. Yeah, yes. Um, and I think that, and that pressure would be exacerbated now. I was actually reading a, a Facebook post this morning from one of my friends who says, um, don't expect to be perfect. You weren't perfect before this. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, so what makes you think now with added pressure you're going to suddenly do everything under <laughs> You know that needed to be said. It's true. It's true. Because yeah, you just need to get together, like virtually, and we all complain about not getting things done and all of that. Yeah. But we don't think of the added responsibilities now. Exactly. No, it's true. It's true. I know it's the perfect storm for me to have a little um. Oh, it was a tough kind of week and a half and I, I actually even struggled to to keep going with this um and I I was I just I just got to a point I thought everything was a bit a little bit pointless but somebody who I interviewed the first person I interviewed for this podcast um asked me to come on his show and we spoke yesterday and he wanted to talk to me about why I'd started it and why I was doing it and he spoke about how much he'd enjoyed it and how it had kind of helped him just hearing the perspectives of other people around the world and I said well that's you know basically why I did it for myself so I could kind of connect with other people and find out how everybody else is coping and what the situation is and but it took that, it took somebody else telling me that it meant something to them for me to be able to keep going. I was really, really struggling with the why of it, I guess. Um, and I had to just really push myself to get back into it. Um, but I'm glad. That's, glad have. Yeah, that's also okay. But I must tell you that... Um... I enjoy listening to other people's experiences. Mm. It makes me feel not so unique. Yeah. Um, I have the other extreme to you. Um, <laughs> my daughter is in America at the moment. Yeah. And I'm, I'm at home with two, well, one old dog and one not so old dog. So she keeps me busy. Uh -huh. Um but I'm sort of most of my time on my own. Right. Um, and that has been, so the um, talking to people via podcasts and virtual coffees and things like that has pretty much become my social way of interacting. Yeah. And 
it keeps one going because you hear that you're not the only one in the world doing that even though you feel like it you know yeah um but it also gives you some support um and that's why i said earlier that you you don't realize the impact that it has on you um psychologically and mentally you know because um, my anxiety, I, I, I haven't gone to, we can go to the grocery store. Um, and I only go when it's absolutely necessary. If I can't get the last drop out of the carton, then I know I must go yeah. uh, of the carton of milk. Because I am so afraid that one random act is going to make one infected or you know yes and i i didn't think i thought like that mm. until we in in unpacked it in one of our, our coffee get-togethers wow. i was like suzanne when did this happen yeah wow. you know so you you have to deal with that slight paranoia mm -hmm. and you've also got to deal with the need to protect yourself yeah and so it's it's a very fine line so it's wonderful to listen to other people's experiences and realize that the things that you're thinking and feeling are not they're universal yeah you know yeah and it's okay to feel like that well, exactly um and i think that's more important is because i think we as women are extremely hard on ourselves definitely <laughs> <laughs> so i have sort of relax that's what that's in my plan like i have time to relax yeah that's good that's so nice. what if i didn't get up at six this morning yes <laughs> not like the world is gonna come to an end <laughs> because of me it's <laughs> a bigger issue to worry about <laughs> it's so true it's so true how how is your daughter going by the way um, she's, she's been in quarantine since, um, 13th of March and the likelihood seems that it's going to continue. Mm -hmm. She's in California. So I think California is one of the hardest hit states, yeah, wow. um, other than New York. So they've been in, they've been well, New York, New York, the state, yes, New York state. Yes. yes. Um, they have, they have sort of plan to have the next semester of college online mm. until further notice yeah. yeah um so i think i think all the indications are that uh, she would have to spend some more time inside and i'm feeling sorry for her for that because she's quite a social butterfly mm. so she's missing the interaction with her friends and although they do virtual zoom parties and all those things um she says it's not the same mom <laughs> yeah, when you've gone when you've gone overseas to have an experience like that and you've got a limited potentially a limited amount of time you know you've set i'm going to go to california for three years to go to university college whatever and then you know six months of it gets eaten up by something like this it is it's very disappointing um we had some young spanish graduates they just graduated from um university in spain as architects and they came over here on a working visa 
and they had to stay with me in I have a, a flat in my backyard that I rent out on Airbnb and they had to stay for two weeks because he had gone surfing in Tahiti or something and had to come back and self-isolate and so now they're at the beginning of this two-year kind of journey and they can't get work I mean Australians are struggling to get work and they yes. can't go home either because Spain is completely shut down and they would just have to go back and live with their parents so that it's it's really um I do f- really feel for people who have gone overseas to do something like your daughter or you know come to Australia to work for a while and the uncertainty of it is and just the missing out on that like your expectation of what it was going to be and then there's something like this it's, it's just huge you know impact yeah well I I think she's sort of looking at you know how can we extend this day mm. in there um she is scheduled to graduate next year in may right and i was actually thinking about it last night for some strange reason i thought geez may is around the corner mm. um, i think it's because she spoke about you know that they considering online school for the next until further notice yeah i was thinking she can't spend all her life in an apartment until no. may exactly yeah exactly exactly it's not it's not the experience you're 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 going for when you go to do something like that you know you could you could just study online from anywhere in the world she could be home with you you know what i mean like it's not (laughs) that's what i thought and then i thought you know um if they're going to do the online schooling maybe she should come home but then the borders are blocked (laughs) I know you you can't even fly anyway so it's sort of yeah so I can't fly there and she can't fly yes frustrating very frustrating um stay there and make the best of it well that's it that's all you can really do and chalk it up to experience I guess so yeah it's it's been interesting so I am going to be spending today just getting to understand what um what the new phase of lockdown means for us yeah um i don't really see any difference between five and four (laughs) in terms of in terms of limiting movement right right yeah Um, but i i see that you know certain services can open and um but there's a huge emphasis on safety of people. Mm. So any company that sort of requires its staff to be in in the office um, can only have a third of its workforce at work at any right. given time. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then they also have to practice social distancing. So I was thinking that's also rather stressful yes because you know how do you work in an office and stay a meter apart from each other (laughs) oh no it it is it is it's difficult even in the in the supermarket sometimes you know like i've stood there sometimes for four or five minutes waiting for someone to move away from the rice (laughs) (laughs) and that was the most that was the most (laughs) Alienating 
experience I've ever had. I mean, this man almost bumped into me. Yeah. And both of us jumped because we didn't realize, you know, that the other was there. And yeah. I was like, I was like, I'm sorry. And he was like profusely apologizing. And then we realized, you know, we, we haven't done this before. So <laughs> it's, hard. it's yeah. fine. Yeah. I think, you know, two, three weeks ago, this wouldn't have been a problem. I know. Just sorry and moved on. Yeah. Now I'm thinking, oh, I know. oh, the world has come. <laughs> oh dear. I, yeah, I know it's, it's, um, it's a strange and, a different time and and i wonder sometimes that psychological impact how long it will take us before we stop kind of moving around each other in the supermarket at intervals of 1.5 minutes when this is all over we'll finally start to you know trust each other again it's a very strange strange time well look i think i think it's gonna take a long while though yeah i think I, I think also that we may have, may or may not, have um, retailers increasing their space so that we can maintain social distancing. Wow. Well, you know, I think uh, we were talking about it today and we're coming up to winter. You guys would be as well. And yes. Normal flu season. And I mean, if we continue this way, Potentially, people will stop getting the flu as as badly this year as well. Um, yes, you know we won't just be avoiding COVID nineteen. We'll be avoiding all kinds of you know communicable diseases, which is obviously not a bad thing. And and obviously, if we do manage to learn from this and not not take it to such an extreme, but if if the hand washing and the you know keeping apart from people or staying home, even just staying home from work when you're sick continues, then, you know, maybe we'll, we'll learn a little bit about, about how to keep ourselves a bit healthier in the future. Maybe. Well, I think uh, but my view is if anyone comes out of this period and hasn't changed behavior, yeah. Yeah. then they're really an ostrich. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. This must affect you in some way or yeah. the other. Yes. Um, you know, I I had not had so much pause for reflection in a while, which I think was a good thing because I've yeah. been quite, you know, busy focused on getting my business started and all of those things. But you actually lose sight of what's important. Definitely. Definitely. It's always, mm. always any, any, any opportunity to have a little bit of, you know, reflection or that helicopter moment where you, you know, go up a little bit and look back down at, at what you're doing and who you are and, and how you're behaving. And it's, it's, it's always a chance to grow and uh, reflect and, you know, just double check that you're not getting too focused on one thing and forgetting, you know, other important things. Definitely. Are you still there? Yes, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, my big girl, my nearly seven-year-old, has just come in to say goodnight to me. So um, I will let oh, you get back you. to your... Yes. 
I will let you, Susan, get back to your day as my and uh, you move in tonight. Yes, yes. And thank you so much for catching up with me again. It's it's been lovely to speak to you and I'll stay in touch for sure. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Suzanne. Good night. I mean Bye. good day. <laughs>